Hello, my name is Marta and you are listening to 15 Days in a Podcast. Today is day 10 on the official lockdown that Spain ordered about 10 days ago and we're doing okay, you know, we're getting there. I hope you enjoyed last night's episode with my brother. Um, if you haven't listened to it, then definitely give it a listen. It's definitely a very different episode from the ones I've been doing lately. Uh, today I will be interviewing one of my good friends, Melania, who is right now pursuing a career in journalism in London and whose uh, relative has gotten infected with COVID-19 and is right now at the hospital. Um, she won't be focusing so much on that. She'll be talking about her general experiences and how she's been uh, going through this period of time, but she will also touch upon how has that been for her. Um, on the other hand, I just wanted to mention I have really liked and enjoyed doing the podcast episodes every day because it gives me a sense of routine. It tells me Something tells me that I have to do this every day because I committed to doing it myself and I find it very helpful to have something to do, a routine established for every day during the lockdown um, and I think it's part of the reason why so far I'm doing okay and I'm staying, you know, healthy. Some days are better than others, so don't get me, don't get me wrong. But what I wanted to mention is that since it seems like the lockdown is going to extend for in, I don't know how many weeks. So what will happen is that after the initial 15 days are uh, over, I will switch the way in which I do the podcast. Instead of doing it every day, I will do it maybe twice a week or once a week. We will see. Um, but I just wanted to let you know be before we go on to today's episode. So again, wherever you are, I hope you're healthy. I hope you're safe. And I sure hope you're staying at home while you're listening to this podcast. Sit down and enjoy. Hi, everybody. As promised, uh, today we have a very special guest. She's one of my very good friends from high school when I did it in Italy, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. So, Melania, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. Um, thanks so much for having me on this podcast. I think it's super cool. Um, I'm really happy to be doing something uh, <laughs> with my day because I'm just here alone in London right now. Uh, my flatmate and all of my friends have left the city. So, yeah, it's nice to be having some human interaction, no matter how virtual it is. <laughs> no, I'm so happy to be talking with you today. I understand the feeling. And although I'm with my dad and my brother, it's definitely nice to hear a woman's voice <laughs> after two weeks with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us where you are right now, where you're from, like what you're up to. Just thing that people don't know you, probably the people listening. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm actually Spanish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> both uh, both of my parents are Spanish, um, and uh, my father lives in Madrid right now. My mother um, moved to Boston uh, when I was born, so she's still living there. And I just recently moved to London in September after graduating from college at Northwestern and looking for jobs here with um, another friend of mine who also, uh, who was doing her master's. And so we were living together and I was kind of job hunting. And now I've decided to hunker down here and weather this horrible storm. <laughs> what made you decide to stay there? Oh my God, this was like such a saga because I <laughs> seriously, like it's almost giving me PTSD thinking about the process 
of yep. like choosing what to do and what not to do because one by one all my friends kept falling like <laughs> my friend was like guys I'm, I think I'm going home to Geneva guys I think I'm going I'm, I'm gonna go to Paris because like my parents really want me to go home guys I think I'm gonna like go spend this time in my fucking rich friend's beach house sorry if I, I'm swearing I'm not, I don't know no that's okay. okay we swear so um and so and my my mother was like you should you should definitely not be by yourself and then you know my siblings are kind of like dispersed around the world so I was like I don't really have like a nuclear home to go to and if I'm alone at home with either one of my parents it will either yeah. end in like a double homicide or worse <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so I was like you know what I'm just gonna stay here where I can you know be free and walk around naked and do a bunch of weird <laughs> shit that no one can judge me for so when did you start this process of like socially isolating yourself <clears throat> uh probably when my flatmate left she was it was last Monday so yeah. about a week and a half ago yeah and how's that been for the community that you live in do you see people taking this seriously like yeah so at first so London the UK in general actually took a lot longer than most other countries to take this seriously um because Boris Johnson was like you know it's too late for containment we have to move into the delay phase so up until really up until um I think last Wednesday a bunch of pubs and restaurants were still open uh, yeah. And then on Saturday, all of the pubs and restaurants were closed, but shops were still open. And then finally, before yesterday, he announced that only essential businesses were to stay open and that you can't go outside unless it's to exercise alone and stuff, um, which is more freedom than Spain has right now. But I think we're headed towards a, a Spain situation soon. Um, and so now I think it's really sinking in. People are taking it a lot more seriously than they were. Because even just a week ago, you would walk down the street and you would see people inside restaurants and pubs. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think overall about uh, Boris Johnson's policies regarding the COVID-19? I mean, I just think that, like, I don't know what he was doing. Because, you know, it was so obvious. Everybody was saying that we were headed in this direction anyway. And it yeah. really seems like the conservative, you know, like, governments are the ones that are bungling this up. I mean, like, Boris Johnson, yeah. Trump, whatever, um, they're just, like, they weren't taking it seriously enough. I mean, I think Boris has changed his tune now, and now he's saying it's going to be like this for, like, 12 weeks, which is better than Trump saying that he wants to open the country up by Easter. But um, yeah. I just... Which is just crazy. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think that he should have definitely taken stricter measures before because Brits are people that aren't going to take anything seriously unless it's legally enforced. Right. And I think that like transfers and translates to many other countries mm -hmm. as well, like Spain no, right absolutely. now. <laughs> yeah. And I know you have a good community and like support system, especially in the US mm -hmm. as well. What's that situation been for your people in the US uh, from your point of view? How is that being handled over there? Yeah, it's actually, it's super cool for me to get firsthand insight on that because I have a group chat with three of my siblings, one who lives in San Francisco, one who lives in Boston and one who lives in Miami. Yeah. And those like three states are handling things very, very differently. Um, yeah. I think like, Uh, California, the governor, like, issued a total state lockdown. And so my sister is kind of, like, stuck at home with her kids and, like, they can't really do anything or go outside. 
Um, and in Massachusetts, it's, it's a bit less strict than that. Um, people can still go outside and, and do stuff, even though most shops are closed. And Florida is just not taking this seriously at all. People are still- What is Florida doing? They're nothing, because Florida is the armpit of the United States. Like, it's genuinely, I don't understand that state at all. It's like, they could have, they could have a poll that's like, would you rather earn a million dollars or would you rather have someone shit on your face? And the results of that state would be like 49.5% to like, you know, 50.5%. It doesn't make any sense to me. So they're not doing anything. People are still going to the beach. People are still like walking around and, and it's just going to blow up in their face. Because I've seen some pictures of people on the beach, but I was like reluctant to think those were No, real. I know they are real because nobody like... Oh, the ge- the the demographics and geography and dis- dispersion of that state are just mind-boggling, and I like I don't understand yeah. it. And I really think that that's going to be one of the hardest hit places in the U.S. like two three weeks from now. Yeah. And it's interesting for us to think about, you know, in Spain, like all the provinces and and regions, they also have its their own mm-hmm. autonomy, um, and in the U.S you know, each state sort of has its independence, but how has there not been, and this is something that I'm struggling mm-hmm. to understand and I sort of bring up in every episode is, how is it possible that the U.S. hasn't responded as a whole and is still separating the, like it's still dividing the power of decision between each state as it regards to this Yeah, issue? so the reason for that is because right now the leadership is so bad and, and I, I mean that like objectively it's bad because Yeah. The president is directly contradicting um, advice of uh, healthcare experts, including doc- Dr. Fauci, who's saying, you know, we need yeah. to stay indoors and stuff. And so because Trump is contradicting him, a bunch of state governors have felt like they were forced to take o- their own action as opposed to like right. if we had a different president who was, you know, giving very cohesive orders and who was. Um, sort of very confident and telling everybody that they're going to implement national measures. And I don't think that it would be as divided state by state. But I think that a lot of competent politicians have seen that what's happening in the White House is a total mess and they want to protect their own population. So they're taking their own measures. Right, right. I just think it's crazy that it's sort of like left to the states just because the leader is exactly. not leading. It's not I, exactly. And a lot of people are saying, you know, this is another reason... Like, if they could right now, this should be another reason why they impeach the president. Yeah, I was... Because he's endangering lives and he's unfit to lead in a crisis. I mean, this was the absolute worst case scenario of a Trump presidency. It was like a crisis on this national scale and him being in charge. Because he has no idea what he's doing. So, even if the leader of the United States, who right now is Trump, um, still a crazy statement for me to mm-hmm. make, but... Um, If he does, if he's not the one that sort of decides to make a cohesive response from the central government sort of mm-hmm. standpoint, what can lead to that, if anything? Like, is, is there anything that can be done? Uh, I mean, other than, than, um, than individual states taking action, not really. I mean, the thing that states are going to really need help from the government and from Trump directly is for, is for matters such as like deploying the National Guard. Uh, which like Governor right. Andrew Cuomo has already asked him to do and which I, I'm pretty sure he agreed to do that for three different states. Um, but I, so like there, there are certain things that, you know, individual states don't have control over and that they're really going to need um, the executive 
to to do and right but right. unless i mean if it, it has to come to that because of pressure from the house and the senate on the president otherwise there's right. nothing that anyone can really do right um and now unless you have anything to say about the specific catastrophe that's about to happen in the u.s unfortunately for all our friends listening mm-hmm. from there um and this is absolutely subjective and it's my opinion but and but i think it's you know what's about mm-hmm. to happen um how's that situation been for you personally i know you had sort of a personal story uh and relating directly to COVID-19. yeah um so it was actually crazy because we were before this blew up and and europe became the epicenter uh we were hearing all these stories about you know COVID 19 and how it was affecting the older population in china and how um it was actually really really dangerous for people like 70 years and older and as soon as i heard all of that i was like oh god if this reaches europe the worst person that i can think of that could get it would be my dad right and then before it even hit a majority of europe uh we got news that my dad had a fever and that he was feeling very unwell and then you know all my siblings and i were like oh god and then two days later he went to the hospital and his wife told us that he tested positive for coronavirus and so that just brought everything that felt super abstract and really far away like it just brought it home and I was like oh god like this is just the worst case scenario because if if, of all the people that I love and care about the most in the world he's the one that's the most vulnerable to it and he's the only one so far who actually has it uh and so he initially the doctors were confident that he was going to be totally fine because he didn't have pneumonia and he still doesn't which is great um Mm-hmm. But then, um, so they sent him home with an oxygen tank, but a couple of days later he, uh, was having a hard time breathing. And so he had to, they had to rush him back to the hospital and book him into the ICU for a few days. And so right now he's, he's just in a regular, um, hospital unit and they're just waiting mm-hmm. for his fever to subside because he's been there. He's, it's the 16th day of him having the virus. And the sixth mm-hmm. day of him being in the hospital. Um, and so, right. and, he, and he's, he's just struggling, going through a really hard time because it's the, the side effects of his meds are just, you know, making him incredibly nauseous and weak. And he's, he's 78 years old. So it's, yeah. it's definitely like a, he's in the risk demographic. So we're all just like hopeful that he can come back home soon. Um, so what are they telling him at the hospital? Are they telling him that, if he continues to show well if he starts not showing any symptoms uh then he'll be able to go home and then i assume he'll have to self-isolate for two months yeah so he's um they won't release anybody unless they they've been three straight days without a fever and um my dad's fever keeps coming and going so it's totally unclear when those three days in a row will happen because uh, right now, he, right. like this yesterday, he didn't have it. And then this morning they took his temperature and he had he had a fever. So, um, right. I think, you know, it's totally unknown. I, I'm assuming I think he'll probably back, be back home within a week and then he will definitely have to self-isolate, even though in his household, um, his he lives with his wife and his stepdaughter and his stepdaughter also had the virus. which She's around our age. So she got over it pretty yeah. quickly. And his wife definitely has it but is asymptomatic right right um and that's honestly 
you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I, I'm glad to hear that it's not gotten bad and that he should. Oh yeah, to totally. Home. No, I'm, I'm like counting my blessings. Like we were super relieved right. um, that this is the way that he, you know, the virus affected him. Yeah. And is he happy overall with the attention and, and the, by the health healthcare provider? That yeah. Um, I think they, they had to drive like pretty far away from his home to get to a hospital that had enough beds for people because Madrid is like such a hard struck city. Uh, right. So thankfully they did have enough space for him and, and they, they have been giving him like excellent care because he's, he's been in the priority group since because of his age and as he doesn't have yeah. like, um terrible like underlying health conditions they're they've been really trying to you know keep him yeah. comfortable and, and so that's good yeah. i saw a post just last night um by greta mm-hmm. thunberg on mm-hmm. instagram um and i was a little bit skeptical while i was reading it at the beginning just because of the way she phrases it she said well i'm pretty sure you know i'm home but here we don't really get tested but i'm pretty sure i've had it but it was honestly just like a mild mm-hmm. cold so up till reading there i was sort of conf- not confused but i was concerned i was like is this the message she's trying to put out there but then the way it continues the caption is that she said but that's actually what frightens me for and about young people that go through the virus and that tell their stories to other people i don't want you to think that just because it was a mild ki- uh, mild cold for me or it felt like it it's what mm-hmm. it is for everybody um so i thought her message was very good as well and she sort of like because you were mentioning that um your dad's mm-hmm. daughter also went through it and she got over mm-hmm. it fairly quickly um but i was glad to see that she was using her voice to sort of again reiterate this narrative of not just because you're a, a a young person are you going to get quickly over it and also that doesn't mean that yeah I totally it. and I think I'm I, I read like the this thing that they blanket tested a town of 3,000 people in Italy and something like 50% yeah. of people under 30 years old were completely asymptomatic but tested positive yeah, yeah that's crazy I mean to yeah me. it's definitely not about how bad your experience is it's it's you know you could just cough and the person next yeah. to you could end up on a ventilator literally yeah and and it's you know I know nothing mm-hmm. about biology or mm-hmm. anything really related to science and I wish I did now because I'm wondering like what like what makes that fine line exist between being symptomatic and being asymptomatic like why some people can just go and get over it so easily without any not showing any symptoms whereas other people that didn't even have underlying like health conditions before are showing terrible symptoms and may even like yeah I I honestly have no idea also because it's it's even even and I I have no idea I'm totally talking out of my ass here because like I have no idea if it's like (laughs) DNA related or not because like there's this one family in the U.S. that like everyone that got like three people who got it have died from it already and two other people are on life support and so and the doctors were like we don't know if this is something in their in their blood that's making it like worse or whatever but then you look at a family like you know like my my dad's stepdaughter had a fever and she wasn't feeling well but then her mom had zero symptoms so it's it's, right and it's definitely like odd I don't know I don't think even scientists really know how it works that well yet yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I really trust uh, your judgment <laughs> in life. Um, so now my question is, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, next? man. Oh, 
Well, that's, I, I feel like we've all been wondering that. Um, I think it's honestly right. like super hard to tell. Like, I don't think anyone can yeah. say for sure that they know what's going to happen. Because right now what right. every government is trying to do is like flatten the curve. Uh, I know that. Right. Yeah. And, and I know that like is. Boris Johnson's plan or whatever is to make the peak of the virus hit during the summer. Because uh, then that, that's going to like apparently, mm. you know, be less of a load for the NHS. Be and better. Stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly think this we're in this for like the very, very long haul. And that's what I struggle thinking with is if, you know, I don't know, like I understand and I support that governments mm-hmm. want to flatten the curve. But my question is, how are we going to judge when the time is right to start living our Yeah, and, and I've been again? reading so uh, many different like articles and, and scientists and, and people talk about this. And it's it's honestly like the truth is a little bit scary, but it's it's real. And it's that until a vaccine is widely available for everyone, which could take 18 months to two years. Uh, this is just going to have to fundamentally change the way that we socialize and interact with people over the next two years. Like, I don't think, I think, you know, maybe we might be allowed to go back to work eventually in, in a few months, but I think that definitely how we socialize is going to have to change. I mean, I think that like, there's going to have to be a lot less touching and we're going to have to be a lot more hygienic. People are going to have to carry around hand sanitizers more and, and other things. And I think that that's going to last for a very, very long time. Even like something as simple and as, I mean, I mean, as simple three months ago, mm-hmm. um, not right now, I think mm-hmm. was to travel to another country, like say in the European Union, like I was thinking last night, oh, where, where am I going yeah. once this is over? And I was like, well, Marta, what do you know? You never, you don't know for what we exactly. know when it's going to be over. So exactly. And that's, and that's honestly another reason why I was scared to leave and why I didn't want to leave was because I'm, I no one knows what could happen. They could shut down airports if they feel like they have to. And they could Literally, change the rules yeah. to only allow nationals back instead of nationals and residents, you know? And I'm not a UK national. Right. So, like, I, it's just such a huge risk right, for right, so right. many people to... I have no clue what's going to happen. And I don't know when we'll start getting an idea. So I think that's, like, I think that's been the biggest change for me this week. Is like last week I thought about it in the short term and I thought about yeah. it as like emergency. But now I'm like, we're, we're, yeah. we're in this for we, the long We definitely term, are. And I think run, that you know? it's, we're only going to get a good projection once uh, like the cases start dwindling. Like as soon as, you know, because right. Italy is still reporting like, rising cases every single like every country except for china and 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 south korea and japan and and the and the eastern asian countries but um like every western country is still reporting like upticks in cases every single day so until we see like either a plateau or a decline in the amount of cases that come up every day i don't think that we're gonna really know right i agree it's i think it's super scary. I was just reading a newspaper uh, right before our call and it said that Spain just surpassed China yeah. in the number of deaths. We, re- we reached 3,434. And I said that because I, you know, like w- once you understand that this is something that's going to be yeah. hitting you yeah. in the long term as well, you stop sort of like, at least I have stopped yeah. checking numbers constantly yeah. like I was doing last week. And just within two days, the numbers escalated so quickly. And it's, yeah, in my mind, you know, I was scary. like, is it because we give each other two kisses when we greet each other? 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, no. I'm sure that that's yeah. Help. I mean, it, obviously, it's not the reason, but yeah. I mean, we're we are like in Europe, we do have a very like touchy feely culture in a lot of countries. For sure. So, I'm sure that didn't yeah. really help the spread. Yep. Well, do you have any other things you would like um, to add to our conversation? No, not right now. <laughs> What are you up to now these days? Like, oh my god, I I bought thankfully right before all the stores closed. I bought like three tons of like coloring pens, and I've been like adult book coloring. <laughs> Seriously, I do it I for hours that. a day. It's always kind of depressing. Either that, and also I play <laughs> games with my Roomba, my baby vacuum. Oh my god, I've seen videos. It's because it's the only laughing. other moving thing around here. So sometimes. I like to pretend that you know she's my she, she's my friend. It's is your is your roommate now. Well, thank you so Dude, much for thanks speaking for with having me, me on your lovely. awesome podcast. Well, thank you, and again for everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed my yeah. conversation with Melania, and I hope you will come back tomorrow for another episode of Woo! 15 Days in a Podcast. Ole. <laughs>